What's going on, soccer fans, and welcome to the number one soccer-specific podcast in Northern California, the Sacktown FC Podcast, powered by Reboot and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Check them out at roughneckscarves.com and raise your game today. My name is John, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Luis. Man, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, staying away from the heat because, you know, over here in Modesto, we got three-digit weather all week. So, I mean, I'm really enjoying the AC. It's been nonstop, so can't complain about that. How are you, John? Good. AC's running. Got Took the kids out to Dave & Buster's for a little bit to get the wiggles out. And, um, yeah, man, still waiting for the pool to, to be finished being built <laughs> so we can swim. Soon, soon, hopefully. By August, right? It's still on August, track? August 9th. Nice. So almost, almost here. So tonight we are joined via the Makuni Dreamline by a defender who won two national championships while at the University of Maryland and then three MLS Cups with the LA Galaxy. Now he is a part of the new expansion franchise in Miami. Please welcome AJ De La Garza. AJ, thank you for joining us. And how are things going for you and Miami leading up to the MLS's back tournament? Uh, thank you guys for having me. Um, I think everyone at this point is just ready to play, so uh, it's exciting, and in a week we'll be there, and I think the first team, uh, San Jose, uh, arrived there today in Orlando, so uh, it's getting closer and uh, and more real at this point. So are you guys permitted to have any, like, inner team scrimmages so you could you could potentially play against them or travel that way to play? Like against ourselves or against other? like so the earthquakes or even yeah Orlando? I think you have to like put in a request and I think the team you have to be in Orlando a certain amount of time before you can scrimmage another team so uh, yeah I think we're going in a week so I, I doubt we'll we'll have any scrimmages uh, leading up to our first game probably don't want to be in Orlando right now anyway with uh, what's going on with the Orlando Pride and all their girls going out so probably did better to stay in Miami and relax a little bit before you head up that way. <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone wants to stay uh, in market and, and with their families as, as long as possible. I think I don't think San Jose has been able to, to train at all. So, uh, you know, it, what they had to do to, to go down there to Orlando to to, to be able to, to have full team training. So uh, a lot of other teams have been able to do that in their home market and, and, and thankfully been able to, to stay home a little bit longer. Nice. Well, so the first question tonight I have for you is, you know, growing up in Maryland, you have unique culture uh, within your own home. How did you fall in love with the game of soccer? Dad was from uh, Guam. Mom's a Native American. How did that, uh, that play out for you to fall in love with the game of soccer? Yeah, my parents just put me in when I was four years old just as uh, recreational activity, like most kids do at a very uh, young age. Soccer uh, was probably uh, the best sport to – uh, just let loose and, and get out there and run and your parents probably try to you know tire their kids I know I try to do that with mine anyways <laughs> try to tire them out so they can go to sleep at night but uh, you know I think at a from four five six uh, I think you could tell um, you know I was always faster or, or at that point more technical than other kids as as technical as you can be as a, a four-year-old I guess but uh you know, I, I just had something in me that my parents could tell. And then, um, you know, I, I tried other sports, uh, T-ball and, and quit that. And it was literally soccer, you know, summer, winter, spring, fall, uh, you know, year round. Uh, every weekend I was going to a tournament. So uh, I just kind of fell in love with the game and uh, at a very young age. I don't think tiring them out works anymore, man. My, my, my three-year-old and my six-year-old both play. And I'm still having to find ways to make them fall asleep at even 7.30 at night. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. It's crazy. So, AJ, uh, so we recently actually had the opportunity to talk to a former teammate of yours, uh, Jeremy Hall. Um, yeah. You know, also came from Maryland. Uh, he talked to us about the culture and the talent in the team. Uh, but what was it like for you to, to play there and then, you know, specifically playing for a winner like Sasha? Yeah, but leading up to, to college, I didn't know much about college soccer at all or uh, I'd never been to any Maryland games and they were right in my backyard, literally. Uh, so, you know, I committed to to, to Sasho first because um, I, I love the way that uh, he kind of came at me in, in our uh, little meeting where I came to 
uh, college park just saw the team train a little bit and, and i remember that that same day he was like all right so are you coming here and i was like i gotta ask my mom because <laughs> my mom wasn't there nothing and uh he was like no you don't and i was like all right i'm coming so you know i committed to sash first before i knew anything about college soccer and, and i had no idea they'd uh, been to three college cups leading up to my freshman year and uh, you know just how good they were but uh, you know, it kind of felt like you were a professional before you were a professional just because uh, of the atmosphere and the culture and uh, just the amount of, of players, you know, from my four years that uh, went professional. And, uh, you know, we created a very good environment and we had some some, some great players that obviously helped along the way. And, uh, you know, my, my freshman and, and senior year, we won a national championship. So I think that prepared me to, to, to be ready for uh, the next level. So after, uh, after your time in Maryland, you know, you, you got drafted in the second round by the Galaxy. Um, you went on to have, you know, a successful amount of time there playing. You came in, made an instant impact on the team. You guys actually reduced your goal differential or your conceded from 62 the year before to 31, which is, um, I think it's almost a record in the MLS to have that many goals that have uh, been stopped. But what was your mindset coming into that team? They had just missed the playoffs. You know, they had a, they had a really, really attractive midfielder who had been with them for that year. What was it like to come into a team uh, that had conceded so many goals? And what do, you, what do you think your job was as a rookie? Man, I didn't know if I'd make the team, if I was going to make the team in preseason. And then, uh, you know, I had a, an, an injury, a little bit of an injury, and I was trying to come back quick and, I just remember my trainer be like, relax, you're going to make the team, blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> um, you know, I didn't know my role, to be honest, because um, I wasn't really highly touted, I guess, coming out of college uh, still as, you know, having started and won two national championships, being on a, a team like Maryland, uh, it was questions about my size and uh, if I could play right back or if I was, you know, too small to play center back. So, uh, you know, I was just – first of all, happy to, to get drafted and, and to go to a team like LA and uh, just the, the history and tradition that they had there. Obviously, uh, I think they gave up the most amount of goals and scored the most amount of goals uh, the year before I got there. So, and they were losing games, you know, five, four or uh, four or three, like ridiculous score lines. So, uh, you know, Bruce Arena came and, and kind of took over and uh, really put his footprint on the, on the team. And, uh, you know, I guess never looked back since then, but um, he, he wanted to make sure the defensive side uh, of the Galaxy was right, and he didn't care if you uh, won games 1-0. Um, that was literally uh, what he preached. Uh, if we can not give up goals, we, we had a, obviously a very good chance of winning, and, and we knew that in the, in the players that we had going forward were, were always going to, score some goals so uh, you know my role and belief was just uh, contribute however I can and, and I remember earlier that year I was contributing at left back and uh, maybe a little bit at right back as well but uh, yeah didn't expect to, to play I think I played 20 games my uh, rookie season so uh, fair amount yeah that's that's really decent especially for for the rookie season um so, you know, uh, we actually remember you, you know, as being like a Swiss Army knife in the back for the Galaxy in the beginning. But then in 2012, you ended up getting paired with uh, Omar Gonzalez in center back. What was it like playing with Omar in the back? And also, you know, we were talking about it off air, but we recall that he was a forward at one time in Maryland. Is that correct? Ooh, uh, he came into Maryland. Well, he was a forward before Maryland and then... Uh -huh. Sasha converted him to a center back and that's the first time I ever played center back was at Maryland. So uh, I guess he, he wasn't scoring goals or he was too tall to play forward. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, you know, obviously he came in to be one of the, the best center backs this country's uh, had so far. So, um, you know, shout outs to, to Sash for seeing uh, something in Omar to, to, to make him a center back. But uh, yeah, I think I had played a little bit center back in, I think 2010, 2011, uh, 12, and then I think Bruce kind of uh, liked his his taller uh, size center backs in the middle, and, and Leonardo, and um, you know Yellow Van Dam, and all these other guys that were uh, a little bit bigger and, and stronger than than, than myself. Uh, 
I always would have loved to see, you know, how far could myself and Omar really have, have taken it and, and how many championships could we have won? You know, we won in Maryland together and LA together and uh, just wish we had a few more years together centrally and uh, just to see us keep growing. But um, yeah, Omar's a, a obviously very good player and, and still a very good friend. Yeah, that, uh, that team, the team with the Galaxy that you won three championships, uh, was pretty much a stacked squad up front, and then it had you and Omar uh, holding in the back. What was it like in training sessions with guys like Beckham and Keane and Donovan, and what impact did they have on you and the defense uh, in those training sessions? Yeah, when you're going against those guys, uh, day in and day out, you're going to get better, and I think that's what I – uh, you know, I tell the, the young kids uh, now when I have the Zoom meetings with them, it's uh, in training sessions, that's where your time is to get better. And and when you're playing uh, on a better club team, whatever, it helps you grow. Uh, you're pushing other people to grow and, and continue to get better. But those guys were uh, the definition of a professional. You know, they, they came in every day and competed. And uh, Robbie Keane never took a day off. Uh, he was out there, Beckham, same, same thing. And, and Landon uh, was a very good professional as well. Um, and they just competed every day. And I think when you're a young player, uh, you can look at that and you try to emulate that. And I still try to do that today. You know, I'm 32 years old, so a veteran, uh, you know, how can I go out every day and, and uh, be myself and be a uh, quiet leader? So going out and doing the right things on and off the field, uh, and, and not necessarily having to be the vocal one in the locker room or anything like that. So, uh, you know, that's kind of what they taught me and uh, it definitely took something from, from each person, though. So, you know, the, those three players, you know, were really dedicated in their profession and they were like essentially legendaries right in their own country as well. Um, but who would you say was the hardest on you out, out of them? Man, oh, I would say... Uh, Robbie Keane was probably hard on everybody. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some people couldn't take it and, and some people, you know, took it as motivation and uh, some people liked it to, to get pushed a little bit. So, uh, you know, he was the hardest on everyone. I think when I, in my time there anyways, um, especially towards the end. Um, but oh, man, if, I, if I'm a defender and I'm playing against Robbie Keane every day, I think it had to be, uh, him he makes it difficult for you and uh, like I said it it just helped me uh, get better and and defend better because if you're defending Robbie Keane well in training you're, you're going to be able to to do it on the weekend against uh, somebody else with not as much quality and, and not as much uh, thought to the game I guess you can say because because Robbie Keane was a obviously not the, the fastest player in the world but somehow he always got in behind you so uh, you know you had to always be on your toes with him interesting that you make the the comment about he just has that uh that drive right to succeed we had a conversation with Heath Pierce who played alongside Thierry Henry uh, and it was kind of the same sentiment so it sounds like the guys who come from the EPL or from Europe um, have a have a different viewpoint of the game and really strive to push you know players to get to their level and if you can't get on their level um, you, you got to find a new job or a new career yeah, I don't think you see that too much out of uh, the American players. Uh, obviously, I've been around the game 12 years, and I think those guys who are the ones that piss you off because they uh, bark a lot or get, get mad at you, uh, you know, were the guys that uh, had played at, at some of the, the best clubs in the world. So um, it's just got a, a different pedigree. And uh, unfortunately, some, some people can't handle it, and some people thrive off of it. Yeah, so you you know at the end of your Galaxy career, you got traded to Houston for some TAM money. That we know how Galaxy always likes to use their TAM money. Couple um, yeah, and uh, but you featured on that Houston team. You you were taken out of the center back position, moved to right back. So you've now played left, center, and right for a large portion of of your time in MLS. Um, what was it like to be switched over into that position? And, and was it a new learning process coming to a new program? Yeah, it was definitely new because, uh, you know, my time in L.A., my eight years, you know, I, I literally played all back four positions. So I never really uh, 
could could hone in on one position and, and work on that every single day and, and continue to get better and uh, really learn that spot. It was, it was always, all right, this week you're playing left center back. Next week you're playing right back. Next week you're playing left back. So uh, obviously I'm a, a defender and it's all the same instincts, but uh, just the, the way you view the game and, and your body shape and, and all that is completely different. So, um, you know, for me now coming to, to Houston and, and knowing that I was going to be the starting right back, uh, gave me confidence to, that I can go out there every day and uh, kind of work on it and, and kind of be taught the position. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't, but, uh, you know, we had a good group of guys who I think my, my first year uh, surprised a lot of teams early on. Uh, and then when they started to figure us out and uh, see that we were a, a counterattacking team and teams sat back and gave us the ball, we had no ideas and um, no shape and uh, we just didn't execute very well. So, uh, yeah, but, but my time there was uh, good, but it was, it was time for a change. Yeah. So speaking of your, your time there at Houston, you know, like you, when you joined them, uh, you know, for the first time in your career, it was kind of hard to, to win, you know, just as maybe it, it was different with the LA galaxy. Uh, I know that they, they went through losing the conference final and then they didn't even qualify the other two years, but, in 2018, you guys did win the Open Cup. So what was it like to be a part of the club when they won the Open Cup? Yeah, uh, I was just coming back from my ACL injury, and uh, the Open Cup final was the first game I came back and, and dressed for. So, uh, you know, being able to, to see the team uh, come together, I, I think, during that year, and, and especially during the Open Cup, uh, was phenomenal. You know, somehow we had all of our games at home. So, uh, you know, that that helped us in, in our advantage. But uh, for some reason, our, our guys loved playing at home uh, more than, than anywhere else, which is uh, crazy because, you know, you, you want to play in the games where there's, you know, 30,000 people full stadium. Uh, you know, that's when the, the best players, I think, step up. Um, but we were a totally different team, man, at home and then and on the road. And, and I'm sure a lot of other teams could probably say the same thing. but. Um, yeah, the, the, it was fun to, to watch. And uh, you know, like I said, I was just still coming back from, from injuries. But, you know, just being able to see the, the, the excitement in the group and the, the liveliness uh, going through the, the Open Cup run. Yeah, you've experienced uh, some injuries in your career, obviously, with the ACL. You had an ankle uh, issue. You've had some other leg issues. But yeah. which, one, which one has been uh, the hardest to return from? And... What mental toll have these injuries had on your uh, mental performance or even your ability to play, you think? I think the ACL one is, is obviously the, the biggest one. Um, it was my longest injury and the, the first time I'd uh, been out for a, an extended period of time and, and needed surgery for something. And uh, I remember I was, you know, seven weeks or seven months, sorry. Um, seven weeks would have been a crazy return. <laughs> Uh, seven months and I was ready to go to our USL team and play that weekend uh, you know and then I go and, and tear my quad that same weekend and uh, it's really a mental grind and um, you try to think of the end goal sometimes and, um, and I think that was probably the the wrong way to approach it you, uh, and then after that you know I was trying to take it day by day which um, just just continue to, to make goals each and every day instead of uh, man, I can't wait to be out playing in seven months, but you know, you got to follow the path and, and how to get there. And uh, I think that was uh, the hardest part, but um, you know, when you step on the field and um, after what I think it was nine, 10 months when I finally came back was, uh, you know, refreshing and you just kind of feel young again and uh, enjoy the game and, and miss it so much. You, you see your team out there training through the windows uh, for, for 10 months. It, it was hard. A lot of players nowadays have uh, kind of turned to sports psychology as a, as a way to help, you know, get through those injuries. Is that something that maybe uh, if it was given to you or if it was an option, would that have been something or was it something that you may, uh, you, you went through? No, it wasn't. Uh, I'm sure I could have seeked out uh, professional help or that it wasn't an option for me. Like someone didn't come up and say, Hey, do you want to do this? But 
you know, I, I think it w- would be a smart idea just to to have somebody else, not your coaches, not your teammates, uh, not your trainers that you hear day in and day out, um, but to hear someone else's voice just um, as a, a little bit of a motivation and and them helping you however they, they do uh, would have been nice. But uh, no, I didn't have that, that luxury and uh, hopefully I don't ever have to have another injury while I need it. <laughs> So, you know, we know you're now with uh, Inter-Miami. It's their first season. Uh, they brought in Diego Alonso, highly successful, I think, coach in Liga Mekis to the club. Um, where does Diego have you playing? Man, for the first time in my life, I'm playing uh, D-mid slash six slash eight. So uh, a little bit of a, a hybrid role, I guess you could say, depending who I'm playing with in the middle uh, or if it's just me solo. So... Um, yeah, I'm still learning the position though, and and trying to make my my way into the first team. I'm, you know, I'm battling for a spot with uh, World Trap, who's obviously on the U.S. national team and Columbus Crew legend and uh, captain since he was 10 years old, probably. Uh, and then you know Victor Yoa, who's a, a real good friend of mine here, uh, who again has been playing you know center mid for uh, his entire career from Dallas and Cincinnati. So um, I'm, I know I'm at 32 years old, but I'm, I'm learning a new position, and uh, I think it's been going well. It's, uh, again, a, a new position, but uh, just a whole new uh, view of the game and a whole new feel of, uh, you know, just having to check your shoulders every single second and uh, body shape. And uh, obviously you, you have probably the most touches uh, in the game uh, of any field player. So, uh, it's interesting, but uh, I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of it. So uh, out of curiosity too, I know it's uh, Diego's first time that he's out of, or he's at a English speaking country. Uh, how has it been like to communicate with him? Does he have like translators or has he learned a little bit of English? Yeah. His, uh, little assistant, uh, translate for him. And then, uh, we have players that translate for him and, uh, we have a lot of Spanish speakers, uh, and English speakers who, uh, do well for him and then uh, actually he's picked up English very very quick so you know you could hold a conversation with him uh, easily in, in English so uh, I'm still learning Spanish so uh, uh, Duolingo is doing me uh, wrong a little bit <laughs> so uh, I'm trying but it's difficult They, I can't understand it people talk too fast in Spanish for me. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's what I hear a lot, and I can agree with that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I love him. He's a he's a he's a great coach and uh, very detailed. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, no, he's he was great. I remember uh, Liga Mekis. He's one of those coaches that really lives the game. You know, every single minute, every, he's always really into the game and whatnot. I mean, he's he's almost a little bit like a Mourinho. Yeah, I would almost call him yeah, a little bit. Yeah, without maybe all the other statements that Mourinho puts out, but um, yeah, really passionate, really into the game. So super excited to see him in, in MLS and, and with you guys, hopefully it all works out good. Yeah. I think that's the coolest part is just how passionate he is. You see on the sidelines and uh, you've seen him in uh, Pachuca and Monterey when, when their goals are scored, you know, this man is running <laughs> down the sidelines. So yeah. uh, that's a, a coach you, you want to play for. So on paper, it looks like a really talented squad uh, in Miami. You guys first few matches look like you're going to you're going to do some good things this year with the likes of Pizarro, Trap, uh Torres, Win and yourself. What is the expectation for this season for the club both personally and from inside the club? What do you what is a what is a good finish for you guys? Oh, man. You know, before all this coronavirus and stuff, I still think we uh, had a team and, and a belief that we were a playoff team. Uh, no doubt about that. Uh, maybe missing one piece, two pieces. Uh, but I think with the, the players that we had and being in the, the Eastern Conference, you know, I grew up in the Western Conference and it was a battle year after year. Uh, and you had very good teams not make the playoffs. And, uh, you know, even my young, my earlier years, there was teams from the West that would make it into the Eastern Conference playoffs. So, uh, obviously the Eastern Conference has gotten a lot better, but, um, I think if you look, look up and down, 
Um, our roster, we have a team that that's one in every position, you know, our, our goalie, uh, Robles to, uh, the defenders that we have, the midfielders. And, uh, I think that the forward spot with Rodolfo obviously as well, but, um, that might be our, our biggest question mark though, is do we have, uh, a guy that can score 20 goals a year, uh, right now for us. And uh, we're looking to, to either make our own or, or, uh, you know, find them. But, uh, you know, I think we definitely have the talent and, and the, that's probably our, our youngest um, core group of guys is, is our forward position. So uh, a little bit of a work to do, but uh, you know, I think they're all capable of, of having a very good year. And, and, and hopefully we play enough games this, this season where, you know, everyone can get involved and uh, contribute. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, to see you guys out there in that tournament and uh, see you guys play against Orlando. Super yeah. excited, especially with people. I think that that game is probably going to be like an LAFC, uh, LA Galaxy game of the East. So yeah, I hope I think so. it's going to be interesting. So, you know, as everyone knows, you know, David Beckham's the part owner of the club. Um, how much influence does he actually have on the club itself? I know I've seen him around quite a bit and um, I always say with, with, with David Beckham is he's been on the best teams in the world. So, um, you know, as an owner, he knows exactly what the players need on and off the field uh, to succeed, to win. So uh, he's done his part uh, you know, in building the training facility and building a, a temporary stadium and bringing in the players that have won in this league and, and also bringing in, a good group of, of young players um, from uh, South America and, uh, you know, just a, a good group of guys. And uh, he wants to win. I know it because uh, he was a, a very competitive as a, as a player. And now uh, as an owner, uh, you probably want to win even more. And so uh, he's given us all the tools uh, to do that. So AJ, you're, you're, Getting to the older age of, uh, of the spectrum for a player, you're 32 right. now. How much do you have left in the tank? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know if this year saved my legs a little bit or, uh, or shortened my, my playing career, but uh, you know, hopefully uh, I think I have at least two good years left in me, and then after that, man, I can, I'll play for minimum wage. <laughs> There you go. USL, come to Sacramento. I like it. Play in the def- defensive midfield role and yeah. take Sacramento to no, MLS. I like it. Too much running. <laughs> I got to move back to center back. Backup goalkeeper. Yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> um, you know, you've been very vocal on social media regarding equality. Um, you know, your past few days, you've, you've actually been more involved in tweeting kind <laughs> of your stance. Why do you feel that's an important um for you to use your platform in order to promote change? Man, I think obviously we have a oh, 20,000 followers, it's, you know, not a great amount, but um, we have followers, man. And, and people that want to hear us uh, use our platforms and, and, and to help bring change and, Unfortunately, I've seen a lot of racist remarks, um, you know, from people I, I grew up with in my school and, and neighborhoods and, and stuff. And it's, it's real frustrating. So uh, I used to be the, the quiet guy on social media. I was like, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Uh, I don't, if you tweet anything political, you're going to uh, upset one of your followers uh, on either side of it. So you know, I always kind of stayed out of it, but I think that was a problem. Uh, it was, I, w- I was quiet at, at times and uh, I think we're all looking for change right now. And uh, the only way to do that is to, to be vocal about it and, and uh, try to educate others. And um, you know, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to do and educate myself at the same time. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's always great to, to see, you know, any public figure use their platform to be able to, to spread those good messages with everyone. So. Good, good to see that. So our next question is what we call our uh, reboot question. So we've all had a moment in life that we've had to start over or correct ourselves, kind of like a golf mulligan. Can you share with us that moment you had to have a reboot 
whether it was live, sporting, or academic? Ooh, a reboot, man. Good question. Um, I don't know if this is a reboot, but I remember my uh, freshman year in college, the very first game of my uh, college career, we were playing in uh, Cal State Fullerton. We were winning 7-0, and uh, Sash came over to me, and he was like, I think I want to redshirt you this season. Uh, and for me, I had to make a, a split decision. Of, do I agree with this man, or or do I tell him no? <laughs> like, uh, I want to play. So, you know, I, I told him, I was like, Sasha, I want to play this season. I don't, I don't want to redshirt. And uh, for me, that was, it was a, a moment that could have changed. I think my whole soccer career uh, after that. You know, if you you redshirt, you're you're not playing any games that that year, and you're just training. And uh, how could that affect that year, but also the the, the years following? And uh, fast forward a, a couple games after that, I was a a full time starter on the team. So uh, you know that that was a I think a career defining moment and maybe a reboot to my self-esteem if anything, because, uh, you know, being asked to, to redshirt, um, uh, I, don't, I can tell you anyway that, that wanted to redshirt. So, um, you know, you know, thankfully I chose the decision I did in about five seconds and, uh, it, it helped me get to where I am today. Nice. Yeah. Nobody, nobody wants to take a red shirt because yeah. you don't ever know if you're ever going to see the pitch again. And you kind of stood up to Sasha. I'm pretty sure that was his moment. He was testing you. And had you said no, yeah. it may have been a whole different story and a new program for you at that point. But because you stood up for yourself and your belief, I think that gave him faith to put you in the starting lineup. And yeah. here you are two national championships later and good, yeah. good for you, man. Yeah. I didn't want to go to school anymore. That was why <laughs> I just yeah. want to go to school for an extra year. <laughs> That's right. I'll take take one. That's that would be a redshirt year, right? Your second senior season. Yeah. So it's time for a rapid fire. So AJ, we're gonna play a quick game. There's eight questions. You can pass tw- uh, one time on the eight questions. You won't get the next question until you answer or pass. Okay. Okay. So uh, today's rapid fire is brought to you by New Glory Beer. Check them out, out online at newglorybeer.com or visit one of their locations in Sacramento or Granite Bay today for some great beer and awesome dishes. So question number one, AJ, most embarrassing soccer moment? Oh, man, easy. When I got uh, crossed up by Marvin Chavez in the San Jose LA game, uh, 90th minute, he crosses me up, I fall down, he steps on the ball, laughs, Plays the ball across the field. I run across the field. Uh, ball gets chipped back. Alan Gordon dunks it, uh, and Stanford and the crowd goes wild. And I still get tagged in videos <laughs> today about that play. Oh no! I mean, it's it's tough, but you know, always you know, playing as a defender, you always kind of run the risk of that too. So yeah, people, it's, it's, yeah. it's all part of it, I guess. <laughs> I would tell to all those people, like, all right, go go out and play defender, and then. Let's yeah. see what happens. <laughs> of uh, so other than Inter-Miami, uh, what club do you support? Uh, I'm a Manchester United fan. It's just a, a team that I started watching at a very young age. And obviously, uh, in, I think in the glory days when you had Beckham and Rooney. And, uh, man, I got a Paul Scholes jersey and Ryan Giggs and, and all those guys. So uh, that's probably the, the first club team I started watching at a young age that wasn't MLS so I've just kind of been riding with them for a while you get the opportunity to watch the watch the game today and the hat trick well I wish I did but I had other things (laughs) I had to do (laughs) true well you always go back it's on NBC take it take a look you'll 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 smile and be happy while you're you're hanging out tonight recovering yeah did you send him a message uh, John because I feel like it's been a while since someone said Manchester United well, I did send him. I did send him an email to give him the link for the meeting, but that was about it. You put um, a logo there at the bottom. <laughs> what teammate? Yeah, what teammate, coach, or opponent has uh, pushed you the most to improve your game throughout your career? Oh, the most to improve my game, man. Good question. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I think Sash was uh, someone who uh, I think pushed you, especially uh, at that college level. Uh, you know, he was he was barking at you and 
he he had a a side to him that that you didn't want to see. Uh, so you were kind of on edge and and uh, always tr- trying to to not make a mistake, and which is sometimes good and sometimes bad. But um, you know you uh, kind of like that in a coach uh, as well. And it's never easy, and uh, yeah, I think he, he pushed me to to continue to get better, and uh, you know, thankfully got me and helped me to to get where I am. Uh, what does your post playing career look like? Ooh, million dollar question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I knew, man. Um, I invested in a sports facility, so um, hopefully that is up and running soon, and and that will uh, be kind of a, a leeway to to life after soccer. But uh, you know, at the sports facility, it's going to be. I started it with uh, Demarcus Beasley, actually. So, um, you know, could possibly have our own academy and uh, obviously soccer uh, leagues and trainings, and uh, but not just us. It's a bunch of different athletes in, in different sports uh, that are, are going to be a part of it, and um, this thing is going to be crazy. So, hopefully, uh, it does well. And uh, in a couple of years, when I'm finished playing, this thing's already. Uh, up and running and, and makes for a, a easy way uh, to find a job after this because <laughs> if, it, if it's not for that my guess is I'm going to go live at home with my parents <laughs> 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 I have no idea it's, crazy. it's scary actually to, to think of right now man especially during these times you never know what's going to happen next year you know, I'll be a, a free agent and if uh, this whole COVID thing keeps going and Uh, we don't play games. Uh, I'm not sure what will happen next season for me. Better start getting getting used to that number six position really well, right? Make yeah, the most cool. of it. Real quick. Um, you've won six trophies in your career. Which one has been the most gratifying for you to hold over your head? Uh, the 2014 MLS Cup, no doubt. Uh, just the, the stuff that I had been through personally that year and, and losing my son. Uh, but I think everything else uh, – that the 2014 galaxy team had we had uh landon donovan not make the world cup roster and uh, we, we played with a, a chip on our shoulders and i think we uh, should go down as one of the best teams ever um in the history of the league to be honest uh you know we, we'd won well three out of four years uh in 2014 so um but i, I obviously i think at the end of the year standing Uh, with the trophy over my head uh, with my, my son's logo on, on my chest was uh, the best moment. Who was the one player that you prepped so hard for and then they didn't live up to the billing? <laughs> didn't live up to it. Oh, man. To be fair, you only have a week to prepare for every player. So, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the guys that give me the most are the, the young guys who you don't know about, actually. And, Uh, you can't prepare for them because they don't have many games and <laughs> you get like a couple clips and then you, you come out and they're fast and technical or, or whatever. And you're like, well, what the, where the hell did this guy come from? <laughs> so, uh, you know, those are the toughest ones. You know, when you, when you have a lot of video on guys, uh, it makes it a little bit easier. You know, I can't tell you that one player's never just shown up. Actually, I can now. Man, he's, he's playing in Liga MX now. It was um, Fabian Castillo who is a oh. dangerous player, fast, technical, uh, all that. But, uh, you know, he kind of had the reputation uh, at FC Dallas that uh, sometimes he didn't want to play. And, and, and you can really see that uh, on the field. And when he was younger, uh, if he didn't want to play, he, he was um, easy to play against, you can say. So it took what me a while, does, but I found it. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, what does community mean to you? Just being out there and, and uh, being a voice, um, being a, a good person, being a good neighbor, uh, however however I can. And uh, I think a lot of kids look up to us, so it, it's our role and, and our duty to, to get out there and, and give these kids uh, something to look forward to or someone – that they can cheer for or someone if they need a role model, whatever it is, just uh, you know, being a, a good person uh, on and off the field. And 
I think it's, it's our duty to be out in the community and uh, really helping these kids and families. And uh, they look to us always uh, for a smile and, and to enjoy the game. So uh, we, we try to get back however we can. What four players in the history of soccer would you want to play alongside? History. Pele would have been cool. Um, play with, man. I got to go uh, Messi. I got to go Messi. Ronaldo. Easy answers right there. I'll give you one more. Let's go man. Back to man you. Let's see. I think Ryan Giggs would have been cool. Just a, a classic midfielder. Is, I so I have fun. to go back. Are you talking about the original Ronaldo, the OG Ronaldo, the uh, real one, the R9? Are you giving me the, the R7 with the slick hair and the man bun? I don't know about the man bun, but <laughs> <laughs> I got to go see R7, man. I played against him, obviously, but uh, well, obviously him and, and Messi are, I think, stand out as the, the world's greatest players ever. So. Uh, it'd be fun to to play with them and uh, just to see uh, their day in and day out routines and and how how they train and prepare. Nice, that's great, and it's great that you mentioned uh, CR7. Not that many people mention him, but John, I think he has something against them, even though he was a Man United player, which I'm still trying to figure that out. He left Man United. That's the problem. Uh, I mean, no Madrid comes knocking, right? No, you not go no. Real Madrid. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, money doesn't talk when it's when it's given to you every every year, and you're winning you're you're winning a Champions League. I'm not into that. Can't buy championships, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, <laughs> all right, last call. We have two more questions for you. Simple questions, AJ, and then we'll we'll let you get back to to getting ready for the MLS's back cup that starts here in a couple of weeks. Um, how can people stay up to date with you or the club? Pass. It's like, <laughs> uh, you can uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter. It's AJD underscore two zero uh, in the club. You can enter Miami uh, CF and uh, posting a lot and, and trying to stay active and uh, again use my my platform to uh, educate people, educate myself. Uh, I show a lot of pictures of my kids. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, though, and, and being able to, uh, to interact with fans on there. And, you know, I get a lot of messages, and uh, I try to, to respond to everyone, though. Yeah, it's, it's always awesome when uh, you see a player do that. And, you know, we really appreciate that you actually responded to our messages, too, and, yeah, and that you're cool. here with us now. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to close things out, AJ, uh, what advice would you give a young player today trying to get to where you're at? Ooh, a lot, but I think the biggest one for me would be to always be ready for your opportunity because uh, you may only get one opportunity and, and you have to do, uh, you have to make the most of that, that one opportunity uh, if you want any more. Uh, I did that in my time at Maryland uh, five games into the season when, when Sash told me uh, I was going to be a starter after that point. And then uh, and I made the most uh, out of an opportunity with the Galaxy, uh, and, and that helped uh, the pathway of my career. So uh, always be ready because you never know when you, you will get a second chance. Awesome. Well, AJ, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We wish you and the rest of the inner Miami the best of luck in the MLS's back tournament and hope that you guys have a solid showing um, against some talented squads. I know you guys have uh, the biggest grouping with the likes of or uh, Orlando and Nashville and I believe Atlanta. So your work's not, uh, not going to be easy, but uh, you guys should do really well. Top three go and best of luck, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks, AJ. All right, guys. Take care. All right, Cheers. Today's guest was brought to you by the Mikuni Dreamline. All Mikuni restaurants are now open, but if you can't get there, it's still easy to get your favorite dishes using the Mikuni app. Please make sure to pre-order, and when you arrive, they will deliver your meal straight to your car. 
Visit them today at mekunisushi.com or download their app available in the App Store or Google Play. Don't forget, you can find us on social media. You can find us on our Facebook group, Sacramento Soccer Fans, as well as our Facebook page, Sacktown FC Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sacktown FC. Nowadays, you can also whoa, have whoa, the opportunity. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, John, wait, wait. You can't forget. You're forgetting the thing that you always forget. Forgetting to mention our amazing partners, California Storm and Reboot. So you guys can find California Storm at calstormsoccer.com. On social media, they can be found on Facebook under California Storm and on Instagram and Twitter at calstormsoccer. Also for Reboot, you can find Reboot at at youcanreboot on Twitter and Instagram and on their website, reboot.soccer. You may now continue with your video games and uh, your future golf game tournament, possibly. Future golf game tournament for sure. Uh, 2K Golf uh, coming out here on August 21st. But uh, you can find us on Twitch at Sacktown FC. That's where a lot of our live uh, performances for FIFA 20 um, take place. You can find us on Xbox or Luis on Xbox, sometimes playing Fortnite. But you can find him um, at Sacktown FC. And then for PlayStation, you can find me for FIFA 20, Sacktown underscore FC. We hope to have the opportunity to play you guys soon. Uh, I'm still waiting for a challenge. It's, um, I, I guess, the uh, the lure of uh, the, the old wives' tale of me being the best FIFA player out there scares everybody away. So we'll we'll keep doing that. But uh, yeah, we have some exciting news regarding our website, uh, Luis. Yeah, so we wanted to welcome officially a new writer to our soccer pools team joining uh, Seth Kasipli, who has also been writing on that column. And I wanted to welcome Becca Reitner to the team. Uh, she brings a lot of knowledge in the NWSL and is a big Orlando Pride fan. So we're really excited to see all the articles that she will be publishing here on the website. Um, as of this recording, there was already an article that she published on the best three players on each team to watch out for in the new uh, challenge tournament that the nwsl will be having here shortly so please check that out and please check out her future articles we'll be sharing them on social media on our cup of tea and then on our other shows as well so please please check that out um, our website can be found at sacktownfc.com so you can also listen to all of our episodes on our website you can listen to sacktown uk sacktown emekis our cup of tea well listen and watch i should say because uh, they, they are mainly uh, video shows. Um, so please uh, check those out there. You can also, again, find out more about the Soccer Pulse column that Becca and Seth write. Um, you can check out all of their latest articles on there as well. Uh, you can also learn more about the Squadron, which is a form of supporters group for the podcast, where you can get really amazing perks. And uh, it really helps us out as well for the podcast costs that we do incur. Uh, you can also find out more about our scarves. We still have scarves available. So if you want to order yours, uh, they will be shipping here. I think you would probably be receiving it around July if you order it um, as of this recording. So please check that out. They're really great scarves. They uh, are the summer uh, style scarf, uh, which is the more lighter fabric that you can have out, uh, especially during this hot summertime, especially if you live in the Central Valley or even Sacramento, where it can get the really hot three-digit weather. So um, I think everyone will really enjoy that, that we did uh, summer scarves there. So please check that out and order yours. Uh, they come with free shipping and a free uh, scarf hanger. And you can find them again on our homepage. We have a link to them, or you can go on roughneckscarves.com. And then you just uh, find the podcast uh, category there and you can find them there as well. So please check those out. So this podcast is powered by Reboot. Reboot is a nonprofit organization whose sole purpose is to help more kids play soccer while creating opportunities to practice generosity, empathy, and leadership. Check them out at reboot.soccer where you can find out more ways to be a part of the program and help reboot your community today. 
So that's all we have for today's episode. Uh, again, we want to give a special thanks to AJ De La Garza for taking the time to join us today. Uh, we had a really great conversation and, you know, are looking forward to see him out in the MLS is back tournament here uh, shortly in the next coming weeks. Uh, also, a special thanks to everyone who's listened to our podcast, who always supports us and uh, everything we do with also including our uh, online shows that we do as well. Uh, we invite you guys to check out those shows there. Uh, every Monday, we do our cup of tea at 6.30 p.m. I believe that's the consistent time, correct, John? Okay. And we also do uh, Sacktown and Mickey's every Thursday. Um, time kind of varies, but we typically do it either at 6.30 or around 8, depending if we have a podcast recording that day. Uh, we also do Sacktown UK on Wednesdays. We are actually about to do Sacktown UK here as we record in the next hour. Uh, so please uh, check out our three shows. Again, that's Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Live shows, uh, if you can't check them out at the live time, then you can always uh, view them afterwards as well. So please check those out. And please, you know, th thank you for everyone who's, uh, who's viewed them, who's left comments, who's left questions for us too. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we look forward to, to doing more shows uh, each week there as well, especially soccer comes back and we actually have more games to review um, on each of the shows uh, also we invite you to, to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and give us some positive comments wherever you can leave comments one of those spots as i usually like to say is apple podcast where you can leave a comment you can leave a rating uh, please leave that for us uh, it really helps us grow the podcast and you know again as i always say as well we want to grow the podcast nationally as well so people can listen to it everywhere in the country because our content is more focused on just general um, soccer all across the country so we, we have really great content that we would like uh, people from all over to also listen there as well so please help us in uh, achieving that goal of ours and also don't forget again check out our episodes at sacktownfc.com it's a really convenient way to listen to our podcast if you do not want to download the app for a podcast platform or if you just don't want to pay or don't want to listen to ads too so please check that out on our website sacktownfc.com and thank you everyone for checking that out and close it out have a great day great night depending when you're listening to this and you will hear from us in the next podcast cheers everybody